I tell you what, Summer of Psalms, I've loved the series. I've absolutely loved the series. We've heard from Mandy. She shared her testimony. We've heard from Andrew. He shared his testimony on what God has done in his life. Last week, although it wasn't actually just Psalms, but we heard such amazing testimonies from David, from Alice, and from Wayne. We're seeing how God is answering prayer in this church. It's just so awesome. So today we're going to finish off the series, Summer of Psalms. And we're going to look at Psalm 103. Psalm 103. Did I press the button? Not sure. No, I didn't. Okay, Psalm 103. Now, I want us to... We're all going to re- read it together. It's familiar. It's well-known. But let's read it together because there's something about declaring the word of God for yourself, eh? So let's read it from the start. One, two, three, read. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Oh, that sounded so good. Well done, church. Give yourselves a hand. That was awesome. That was fantastic. And I just want us to be, you know, we've sung a lot of songs around this today. That was deliberate. You know, it's easier when you, when you organize the praise and worship and the preaching. It's quite simple, <laughs> you know, because you're like, hmm, yes, we'll use that one. But you know what? Sometimes these, these words can become so familiar. And, um, you know, and sometimes, like, I've, I've actually stopped underlining my Bible because I've actually reached a point at one time where I thought, oh, it's underlined. Yeah, I've read it. I know it. Mm-mm. But I've stopped doing that because I realized, no, just because I've underlined it, highlighted it, yes, hallelujah, even put a date next to it, <laughs> um, it doesn't mean I know it. So I want to challenge us today, everyone, and I know I've been challenged even in the preparation of this message, I want to challenge us that we're going to take something home with us today, every single one of us, no one's exempt. All of us, we're in this together. Is that okay? We're going to take something home, and it's going to be good. And what we're going to do with it when we take it home, we're going to apply it in our lives. We're not just going to have a whole bunch of head knowledge. We're going to have heart transformation. And um, allow the word of God today to refresh you, to revive you, to refire you, to refine you, maybe tweak you, little tweaks here and there, but let's be ready to receive the word of God. So this is the word of God. This Psalm 103, it was written by David, the psalmist, the king, the shepherd boy, and it's thought that he wrote this also in the latter part of his life. And I love the fact that in the first two verses, he says these words three times. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And, oh, sorry, in verse 1, bless his holy name. Three times. And we know that when, when there's repetition in the Bible, it means significance. There's something significant about blessing the Lord. Blessing the Lord. 
And so that, what does that word bless really mean? You know, because we hear it a lot nowadays. You know, you say, um, oh, I went to the shops and they'd run out of my favorite uh, cream cake or whatever it is. You know, you say, oh, bless. You know, oh, bless. Um, I think South Africa would say, oh, shame. That's, 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 I think that's the way we'd use the word shame. Oh, shame. Oh, bless. But in this country, we say, oh, bless. That's not what that means. It's not like pitiful. It's not shameful. No, the word bless means to celebrate, to adore, to praise. So that's what he's saying here. Praise the Lord. Celebrate the Lord. Adore God. And he's speaking to his soul all through this. He's speaking to his soul. He says, bless the Lord. Praise him for who he is and what he's done. So this is written by David, like I said. And you know, in 1 Samuel 30, there's this account of David and his men that, had, that have been out and they come back to the town of Ziklag and um, they find that the Amalekites have attacked the town and they've razed it to the ground. They've burnt it to the ground. And on top of it, all that, they've taken all the women and the children captive taken them, enslaved them, basically. And the Bible says that David and his, we- and his men wept bitterly until they had no more strength left to weep. I don't know if anyone... Okay, we're not going to relive our saddest moment or our most extreme moment. You're going to leave here refired, okay, and encouraged. But you know, I don't know if anyone of you... I know I've been in those places at times in my life we have cried so much. I've got nothing. I can't, I've got no more tears left. It's like they've dried up. And the, but this is what David was like. And, and on top of it all, you know, instead of it just like, okay, well, what are we going to do about this? No, here we go with the blame game. Who can we blame? Whose fault is it? David. His men blame David for what's happened. So they decided they're going to stone him. And the Bible says that David was greatly distressed. And I looked up, what does that mean? He was greatly dis- I mean, personally, you know, if you came in here today and said, okay, we're going to stone Chris, or we're going to stone Sandy, I, I, would, I would be a bit nervous, okay? But you know what that word, greatly distressed, it actually means he was in great anguish. He was in a precarious position. The whole camp, the whole town had been burnt. The women and children were gone. He's in a... Now the guy's that are supposed to be for him, want to stone him. That's a precarious position. That's not fun, guys, okay? This is not fun. And I think and one, one, one translation says it felt like the walls were coming in. So I don't know if you've ever been in that kind of pressure situation where you feel the walls coming in. It's like no matter which way you turn, <laughs> this is bad, this is bad. But the Bible says that David encouraged himself. He strengthened himself. And he didn't do that by sitting in a lotus position, humming, or whatever it is that some people do. But, um, but he didn't do that self-help thing. He strengthened himself in the Lord. You know, he looked back to what God had done in his life. This is, this is the God who had... Um, Help empowered him to slay Goliath, to slay a lion and a bear. This is who he looked to. My help comes from the Lord. 
He lacked who he was looking for to. He, he strengthened himself and he looked by reminding himself what God had done for him previously. And I think for us it's important. We too need to do things like this. Let's look at the milestones that God has placed, that he, God has done something in our lives. When you're in a situation, look back to what God has done. Don't look back to your past. Don't look back to your history. Look back to your history with God. Look how God has delivered you. Look how he's, he's broken out and broken through in your life in the past. And if he's done it before, he will do it again. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He will do it again. So, bless the Lord, O oh my soul. And this is so important. My notes are flying everywhere today. Sorry. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. And forget not all his benefits. Sometimes we've got to speak to our soul. It's good to speak to your soul. At times, what's our soul? Our mind, our will, and our emotions. Speak to your soul. We cannot accept and entertain every thought that drops into our heads. Don't do it. You know what? If you're feeling low, you're feeling sad, you're feeling depressed, do you know what? You can trace it back. What am I thinking about? What have I been thinking about? And I'm feeling low. I'm sad. What have I been thinking about? I think it's so important that we catch ourselves during the day and think about what you're thinking about. Think about what you think. Recognize what am I thinking about. It's so important we can trace those emotions back to our thought life. Not every thought that drops into your head that's bad is of the devil. Some of it is just emotion. Some of it is of memories. Sometimes you can, you can hear a song and it reminds you of something. You can smell something like a barbecue or someone's perfume and it can just set off memories, you know, and before long it's like, oh, I'm sad, I miss that person, you know, and, but then, like, no, bless the Lord, oh, my soul, start speaking to your soul, start focusing on who God is, but the devil does try and stop us, the, you know, the mission of the, of, the, of the devil is to rob, kill, and destroy, and so the best way for him to do that is by sending you weakening thoughts, Weakening thoughts, thoughts that will debilitate you, discourage you. These are the thoughts that the enemy sends our way. And you know what? Sometimes those thoughts might even have an element of truth in, in them. They're not always just like way out, unless maybe you do have way out thoughts. I don't know. But personally, <laughs> you know, I'm just speaking from a general point of view. But you know, just recently, I'll give an example of this. Recently, a couple of weeks or two ago, I woke up one morning and, um, and I, I woke up and the first thing I did when I woke up, I started thinking about something that happened in my life 40 years ago plus, somewhere around there, about 40 years ago. And, um, and I lay in bed and I, I started revisiting it and I thought about what had happened. And there was truth in it. 
It wasn't all, uh, you know, it wasn't all make-believe. Make it was something that actually happened in my life. But I, and I started thinking about it, and as a result of me thinking about it, by the time I got out of bed, I was so low. I was so depressed. I was so down in the mouth. I was filled with guilt and shame and condemnation. And Chris came into the kitchen, and I said, oh, man. <laughs> I was having a pity party, and no one was invited. But, you know, and I started, this is what was happening. And I tell you what, just like that, God brought his word to my God brought his word to my remembrance. And, and that was from Isaiah 43. He says, do not remember the former things. Don't dwell on the past. He says, don't consider the things of old. We're a new creature in Christ. As born-again believers, come on, the old is gone. The new has come. I can't do anything about what happened 40 years ago. I can't even do anything that happened yesterday. But today's a new day. The old is gone. Don't dwell on the past. And it doesn't just end there where you just forget about what's happened. I love what Paul says in Philippians 3. He says, one thing I do, one thing, forgetting those things which are behind. But not just that, I reach forward to the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. We've got to lay hold of God's promises. That's why, like last week we shared, um, the, the psalmist said, I've hidden your word in my heart. We've got to have word in there to draw on. Okay, that's why the word is so important. That's just my, uh, that's just the introduction. Okay, so it's okay. I've, this microphone's got seven hours apparently, so it's all good. So, but David encourages us with these words. He says this, forget not all his benefits. And I loved what Chris shared the other day from Psalm 27. And he said it was a psalm of David, but it wasn't just a psalm of David, it was, a tes it was his testimony. It was his testimony. And this is what this is. This is a testimony of David. And he says, he's speaking to his soul. David is speaking to his soul. And he's saying, soul, soul, you in there. Forget not all his benefits. And then he lists them. He lists them. And he says, and he gives rational reasons. Rational reasons why we should forget not all his benefits, why we should bless his name. There are rational reasons there. And these reasons are not based on hype. They're not based on excitement or emotion. These are realities. And look at them. He lists them. He forgives all. Some. No? All. All your iniquities. Who heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from destruction. Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Who satisfies your mouth with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. And I love the fact that he starts with the most important one there, and that is he forgives all your iniquities. He forgives all your iniquities. He puts salvation above everything else. It's the most important thing in our lives. 
the most important thing. He puts it even ahead of healing and any of the other benefits. And I just want to share that there are two categories of people walking on the earth today. They are the guilty or the forgiven. And I tell you what, if, if you're not sure where you fit in by the end of today, there will be an opportunity for you to make sure that you're falling into this category where God has forgiven all your iniquities. Forget not all his benefits. He forgives all your iniquities. A little bit later, Psalm 103 verse 11, he says these beautiful words. I've just been meditating on this. Take this and just think about this. Selah, meditate on this. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy towards those who fear him. I don't even want to go on to the next bit. As the heavens are high. How high are the heavens? How high? As, I mean, I don't know. I, can't, I don't know how high the, the heavens are. They are high. That's how great God's mercy is towards those who fear him. Verse 17, in the same psalm, it says, His mercy is from everlasting to everlasting. It has no beginning. It has no ending. Lamentations 3 says, His mercies are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. Come, We could sit on this for the rest of today. Hey, As high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his mercy towards those who fear him. Oh, how wonderful. Then he goes on. I'm getting to my point. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. So far. You know what? That's far. East and west never meet. That's how far. He's, he puts them into the sea of forgetfulness and he puts up a sign and says, no fishing. Don't go fishing into that sea of forgetfulness. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed his transgressions from us. There's a scripture in Colossians 1.13 that says that he has delivered us from the power of darkness, conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love. In fact, another translation says he's rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us. We've had a, we've had a kingdom transfer. We've been transferred into a new kingdom. He's transferred us into the kingdom of the son of his love. So forget not all his benefits. You know what, if you believe in Jesus for salvation, you can, be, you can rest assured. It's a complete salvation. It's fully done. It's not partial. I know somebody witnessed to Chris when he first, just before he got saved, and he said something along the lines of, um, you know, you kind of... You've kind of responded to God. I mean, this is really bad. I shouldn't tell you what this person said because this is bad doctrine, okay? Forget what I'm telling you now, okay? This is bad doctrine. But the person who led Chris to the Lord actually said, okay, so now you've like made a deposit and now you're in a queue waiting to get saved. That's not the truth, okay? Because <laughs> the Bible says that Jesus saves to the uttermost, completely and utterly saved, not partial, not half, completely saved. It's not that Jesus done, does this little bit and we have to now work. 
to, do, to make up the deficiency. There's no deficiency in heaven. There's none. We are not saved by our works. We're saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. Complete work that he's done. The Bible says without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. And Jesus' blood is the one that pays the price for our sin. And we can have confidence in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. That he went to the cross and died on our behalf. That good shepherd, the good shepherd, laid down his life and became the sacrificial lamb of God. He laid down his life for us. So he forgives all our iniquities. Then he goes on, he says, who heals all your diseases. You know, this is something we have to keep, forget not, remember this. He's healed all our diseases. Forget not. God says these words about himself in Jeremiah 32. He says, behold, I'm the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? And the answer is (laughs) no, in case you want to know. Is there anything too hard for me? No, there's nothing too hard for the Lord. We see throughout the Gospels in Matthew, I've been reading Matthew lately, and I'm just, every page, on every page, there's Jesus. You know, he had a threefold um, ministry, if you like, um, teaching in the synagogues, preaching the kingdom, and healing all who were sick. That was Jesus' ministry. There's nothing too hard. There's nothing too big, too difficult for the Lord. Listen to what he says in Exodus 15, 26. It's not going to come up on the screen, but he says, I'm the Lord who heals you. That, the word for that, I'm the Lord who heals you, is I am Jehovah Rapha. I am the Lord who heals you. Jehovah Rapha. It's one of Jesus' redemptive names. It's his redemptive name. It's who he is and what he does. And that word Rapha appears in the the Bible 69 times. And what it actually means is to restore, to heal, to cure, and to repair. That's incredible. That's what that word means. That's what God does for us. You know what? Whether it's physical, whether it's emotional, whether it's mental, and whether it's spiritual, God wants to restore us, heal us, cure us, and repair us. Jehovah Rapha. Psalm 107, a couple of chapters after this one, he says, he sent his word and he healed them. He healed them. We're going to look at a scripture in Matthew 8, verses 1 to 3. Matthew 8, verses 1 to 3. It says, when Jesus had come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And behold, a leper came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. A leper. Now remember, lepers were ostracized. They had to live outside of the city. This leper came to Jesus, and Jesus put out his hand and touched him, 
This is a highly contagious disease. They weren't allowed in the town, but Jesus touched him and said, I am willing. He said, if you are willing, you can make me clean. In Jesus' words, I am willing. Be cleansed. And immediately the leprosy was cleansed. I'm telling you what, we believe in God for miracles. We believe in God expecting to see the signs and the wonders follow the preaching of God's word. I'm telling you, church, you're in the right place, okay? You're in the right place. God is here. Is, it God, is healing God's will? Yes. He is willing and able to heal us. So forget not all his benefits. Let's keep reminding ourselves he forgives all my iniquities. He heals all my diseases. Go back to the scripture. Thanks, Chris. Who redeems your life from destruction. Whoa, what a statement. He redeems your life from destruction. Uh, The Amplified actually says, who redeems your life from the pit, from the pit, (laughs) and corruption. He redeems your life from the pit, from the pit of hell. To redeem means to buy back. To buy back, he buys, he's paid the price. He paid the price. He's bought us back. Listen to what Psalm 40, also written by David, what he says. It says, he also brought me out of a horrible pit, out of that miry clay. Oh, man. And then he set my feet upon a rock and established my ways. Praise God. Praise God. The miry clay. Do you know what? Where, where we live, we've got the worst soil ever. It's clay. It's awful. And we, I love gardening. I love plants. And, um, but our clay, this clay soil is the worst. It's terrible. When it's hot, it, bre- it just sort of cracks open. All the moisture goes, and it just cracks. It's, ugh, it's horrible. When it's raining, it's the opposite. It's mud. It's just mud. And then I think of, that's how I was trying to visualize this. He's brought me up out of that horrible pit, out of that miry clay. You try and pull something out of Maya. Maya, where's my my notes? Maya means a swamp or a boggy ground. You know what, if you walk into, have you ever walked in like a swamp and you've got wellies on and, you know, (laughs) and you leave your welly behind and then you go off, barefoot into the swamp. But that's what it is. It's a complicated situation that that is difficult to extract yourself from. You can't just extract yourself from it or disentangle yourself. That's what God has done. That is what he's done. He's rescued us. The, The Passion Translation says, you've rescued me from hell and saved my life. Wow, man. Listen to what uh, Psalm 130, verses 7 and 8 says. O Israel, O church, church, hope in the Lord. For with the Lord, there's that word, there is mercy. And with him, it's not just a little bit of redemption, abundant, abundant redemption. And he shall redeem Israel. He shall redeem us, church, from all our iniquities. Oh, I love this. Not only, and go back to, if you can, Chris, left, back to Psalm 40 
um, he rescues us. He brought us out of the horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and he set my feet upon a rock and established my steps. He doesn't just sort of take you out of that mud and just leave you there and just, okay, you get on with it, sort yourself out. No, he sets my feet upon the rock and establishes my steps. He says, okay, this is the way. Walk in it. He helps us. He directs us. He shows us the way forward. Love that. He crowns us. Go back to our benefits. Is this okay? I'm greatly encouraged. <laughs> he crowns you with loving kindness. Just remember David talking to his soul. He says, forget not all his benefits who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. He crowns us with loving kindness and tender mercies. You know what? He washes us. He cleanses us. He takes us up out of that miry, muddy pit. Makes us brand new. And then he beautifies us. He crowns us. He surrounds us with his love. His kind. He surrounds. That's, that's what that word, the crowning means to beautify you, but it also means to surround you. He surrounds you with his love. He surrounds you with his mercy. He surrounds you with his goodness, his kindness, his favor. He surrounds you, his compassion, his love. He restores you. He restores. Remember Psalm 23, he restores our soul. He restores the years that the locust has stolen. He restores. He's a restoring God. And instead of ashes, he gives us beauty. Instead of, instead of um, ashes, he gives us beauty. And I'll tell you what, it's time for us to remove the sackcloth and ashes. It's time, there's a season for mourning. There's a season for mourning. I'm not referring, okay? Um, there is a season for mourning. But there's a time to remove the sackcloth and ashes and put on and replace it with that crown. Instead of death, he gives us life. Instead of death, he gives us life. Instead of separation, he gives us union. Instead of shame, glory. Instead of shame, he gives us glory. In Psalm 8, the, the psalmist is talking, he says, Oh Lord, oh Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. You have crowned man with glory and honor. Glory. You know, time to go look in the mirror and speak to yourself. Speak to your soul. Tell yourself how God has crowned you with glory and honor. Not one day in the sweet by and by. Today, he's crowned you with glory and honor. It's time to remove that shame. And instead, he gives us glory. Instead of disgrace, he gives us honor. He gives us honor. Instead of condemnation, he gives us forgiveness. Oh, man, the forgiveness of God is so wide. 
Instead of disapproval, he gives us acceptance, value, and worth. We've got to get a, lay hold of God's promises. This is God's word to us today. Allow this word to reach into your heart today, church. Instead of ashes, he gives us beauty. Instead of death, he gives us life. Instead of separation from God, he gives us union. Union, united with the Lord. Instead of shame, glory. Praise God. Oh, wonderful. Thank you, Lord. Instead of disgrace, he gives us honor. In place of condemnation, forgiveness. Don't take condemnation on. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Instead of disapproval, he gives us acceptance, value, worth. Do you not know that you have more value, more significance than the sparrows? You have great value, great worth to God. He satisfies Forget not all his benefits. He crowns you with loving kindness. He satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Listen to this from Psalm 63. It says, Because your loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise you. You know, that's why we praise the Lord, because his loving kindness, his loving kindness is, is a Hebrew word, it's hasid. It's his covenant love. His covenant love. God is committed to you and to me. It's covenant. It's covenant. It cannot be broken. But because his covenant, covenant love is better than life, God's love is better than life. God's love is better than life. Because of that, my lips are going to praise you. You know what? We're going to be a praising church like we are already, but we're going to get louder. We're going to become more wild. Yes, praise God. Thank you, Liz. I see that hand. Yes, but we're going to just praise God because of his goodness. Because of his goodness. It's better than life. Oh, it's wonderful. He says, thus I will bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands and praise you, Lord. I won't sing it, but we sang it this morning. Have a heart full of gratitude. I will lift up my hands and praise your name. Look at this verse. My soul, my soul. This is David speaking to his soul. He says, my soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness. What does it mean? <laughs> I don't know. It sound, I, th- I sort of imagine like a juicy chop. That's what I, mean, I like meat sometimes, okay? But my soul shall be mat- satisfied as with marrow and fatness. Um, the EXB says, I will be content as if I had eaten the best foods. As if I'd eaten the best foods. Another one says, my soul is satisfied as with a rich feast. As with a rich feast. Next time, you go sit down with the Lord. You got your Bible, whatever it is, however you, however you spend time with the Lord. Just remember these things. Remember, oh Lord, you satisfy me. 
like a rich feast. I'm coming into your presence. You're going to feed me today, Lord. Feed me. Psalm 107, verse 9 says, He satisfies the longing soul, and he fills the hungry soul with goodness. How many hungry souls here today? (laughs) Yes, I'm hungry too. He satisfies the longing soul. How does God satisfy the longing soul? With himself. That's how he satisfies the longing soul. Colossians 2.10 says, I am complete in him. I am complete in him. When we reach a point, when we reach a place of saying, Lord, I am complete in you. I am complete in you. He is the only one that can truly satisfy. We can fill our lives with stuff. We can fill our lives with, I don't know, anything, whatever it is. But God is the only one who can truly satisfy. He's the one who satisfies us. He fills us with himself. He feeds us. He strengthens us. And he renews us and causes us to rise with wings like an eagle. David began the psalm by praising the Lord. He said, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. And he, and he describes all the benefits that are available to him, to his soul. And they are, he forgives, he heals, he redeems, he crowns, he satisfies, he renews. These are things that, these are the benefits. But you know what, Psalm 103, the last verse, he ends, there's a whole lot of other stuff in between. But in verse 22, he encourages, extends this invitation. This was his testimony. This was his his testimony. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Then he extends this. He sends out an invitation. And he says, bless the Lord, all you works. He says, bless the Lord, all the angels. Bless the Lord, all the, all the hosts. Bless the Lord, all you works. That's us. We are his workmanship in all places of his dominion. He says, bless the Lord, O my soul. He's extending this invitation to you and to me today to bless the Lord. So we're going to make David's testimony our testimony. We're going to turn the scripture around a little bit. We're going to personalize it. And we're going to declare this psalm over our lives today. Are you ready for that? We're going to personalize it. And I'd encourage you, do this. When you're reading the Bible, personalize it. I'll show you what what it means. This is now us. Bless the Lord, oh, my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, forget not all his benefits, who forgives all my iniquities, who heals all my diseases, who redeems my life from destruction, who crowns me with loving kindness and tender mercies. He satisfies my mouth with good things so that my youth is renewed like the eagle's. Amen.
praise God, praise God. I just want to extend, I don't know if there's anybody here who wants to give their life to Jesus. If you're not saved yet, um, I, I want to extend an invitation to you. Let's just close our eyes. Father, I just thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, that you went to the cross, you paid the price for my sin. That, Lord, you separated me from my sin as far as the east is from the west you've separated my sin Lord and I give you thanks for that Jesus you went to the cross you paid the price thank you Lord I forget not all your benefits all your benefits Lord I receive you afresh into my heart today Lord thank you for your word that brings life I give you praise in Jesus name Amen and amen. In the light of this, we're going to have communion. We're going to have communion. And so, um, um, if anyone else could help Andrea, just thank you, Debbie. Don't, don't, eat, don't partake yet. Um, just going to get the elements. So just hold on to the elements, that's great, thank you. In the light of this message today, we're going to partake of communion. Sounds like the kids are having a load of fun. <laughs> Don't know if Sinead is. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Just stay focused hey, on what we've just been sharing on, this, on the scriptures. And take the bread first. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 11... The Apostle Paul writes, he says, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance. Forget not his benefits. Isaiah 53 says he was wounded for our transgressions, for our sins. He was bruised for our iniquities, for our guilt. He was punished for what we did. He was crushed because of our guilt. Forget not all his benefits. He forgives all our iniquities. He forgives all our iniquities. Let's eat together. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.
Apostle Paul goes on in 1 Corinthians 11. He says, in the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Isaiah 43 says, The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Forget not his benefits. He heals all my diseases. Let's receive. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your body and your blood. Thank you, Lord. You forgive all my iniquities. You heal all my diseases. You redeem my life from destruction. You crown me with loving kindness and tender mercies. You satisfy my mouth with good things so that my youth is renewed like the eagles. Lord, I pray for every single person today that is here, that is under the sound of my voice, those listening to the recording. Father, and I just pray that this will become such a reality in our lives, Father. And I thank you, Father God, for healing in our bodies. Lord, I thank you that whom the sun sets free is free indeed. And just in this atmosphere, I want us to pray for people who are sick. Anybody. If you've got a headache, if you've got backache, if you've got anything, the signs and wonders follow the preaching of the word. And we're going to believe God. If anyone needs healing, come forward. Come forward, Chris. Debbie, come. Let's pray.